The D and Davis Show. D and Davis, and we are back. It's been a, a fun little break from the All-Star break. The Cubs are coming back winning, even though they took that L to Cincinnati yesterday. The bats just didn't come alive. The Sox have just been bad, basically, since coming back from the break. But it's still early. Uh, Cubs made a move. They brought in uh, Martin, Martin Maldonado from Kansas City and sent Mike Montgomery, a fan favorite. We're going to have uh, Kevin Powell on later in the show to break down that move and what's going on with both sides of town of baseball. And then, interestingly, we're going to have Dylan Elder on first, the founder and CEO of Monster uh, Roster. It's a platform that helps you make the right picks in sports betting. And since sports betting is legalized or is about to be legalized here in Illinois, we want to get the edge and provide you the edge. I am Kenneth Davis, and the next voice you hear is... D. Demon Spurl. What's going on, everybody? Hey, make sure you find me on Twitter. Well, us on Twitter. I'm sorry. Twitter and Instagram at D. And Davis Show. Once again, it's at D. And Davis Show. Facebook.com forward slash D. And Davis Show. Uh, we're on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Music, Stitcher, and the TuneIn app. Also, War on Media. That just take you over to Spotify. All right, subscribe, rate, share, all that good stuff. I'm on Twitter at Demons One D E M O N Z E One. Ken is on Twitter at That's Davis. Executive producer of D and Davis Show and D and Davis The Flip. When Mr. Ryan Bukovsky. You find Ryan on Twitter at Ryan Bisky. All right, let's go to our resident Cubs fan to see how he feels about. A Cubs fan favorite, someone that definitely helped them in 2016, and that's Mike Montgomery leaving the team. And uh, even though we know that he's not going to replace Jose Contreras, uh, especially with his injury, him going to the IL, but you can see him getting spelled, perhaps being pushed to the outfield a little bit more for some offense. Martin Molinado is going to come here and uh, take a few uh, backstops away from Jose Contreras. What are your thoughts? Really interesting move. I was wondering if this is going to be – because two things, this is either a setup to another move that's coming or this is just a by its own move, nothing more than just set up to a move. What are your thoughts on that? That's where it gets interesting because you have your strongest position is probably catcher out of your position players. So you could trade away a guy like Victor Caratini and you look at Wilson Contreras, his future probably is in the outfield if because he's really much better as a bat than he is a defensive catcher, even though he has that cannon. He has a great arm. And that would translate to the outfield. And he's got that mm. movability. So I, I would think that that projects pretty well for him. And I wonder if they're thinking about that because Maldonado, I believe he's top 10 in throwing out runners. Yeah, 50%. Time. So you're not losing too much from that side. He's much better at framing than Wilson Contreras. And then you got Victor Caratini, who's a switch hitter. Having a really good year with the bat. He's a really good framer himself. You can maybe package a couple guys together and get a bat, get a pitcher, depending on what they're trying to do. Because so I know that Schwarber they want. Or what? Yeah, I would say Schwarber Albert? is one of them. You How could, much can you get for Albert Alomar? Well, I don't think you can get anything Albert for anybody Alomar. individually. Yeah. Let me say Jose Contreras and his Wilson Contreras. Yeah. And the worst part, I hate to say this, was that little kid yesterday at the game when uh, Wilson Contreras gave them the lids caps and he kept going, William, William. Billy <laughs> Crow kept being like, Wilson. He was like, well, William told me. So <laughs> I'm calling him. I'm feeling you too, kid. I messed up right yeah. there. Because I, I think that the problem, though, for this team is nobody – like Javier Baez and Chris Bryant can get a huge return, but they're not getting rid of either of those guys. Right. Everybody else, it's like you got to kind of package if you're going to get a significant haul back. And I would think, because especially I heard too, uh, uh, Ron Coomer talking on the Danny Parkins and Danny McNeil show. <laughs> McNeil and Parkins. Yeah, McNeil and Parkins. Please get that right. Shout out to Mitch. 
<laughs> we know what you're talking about. But uh, he was saying in the last 40 games, I think, for Ian Happ, he's batting 400 and hitting the ball out of the park. So you wonder if... How many strikeouts? The, too many still. Yeah. But if you got the prospect, Schwarber, Caratini, could you get something for that? Something more than just... Like what? What? Give me, give me a player's name. You need pitching. They need either another starter or leadoff guy. I know David Peralta's guy that they really like in Arizona. Arizona is way behind the Dodgers. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they have any shot at the wild card, but that would be at least three players that they could ship away for an older veteran. It depends, too, because Theo said yesterday he's going to talk to uh, Ben Zobrist about yeah. him coming back. So that might depend on how they feel about getting a position player. But would that be your leadoff guy that gets Zobrist back? I think that that would be, be going, obviously. Yeah, I, I would think that Zobrist is that guy at the top of the lineup. And then at worst, if if he is playing with Schwarber, you put Schwarber at probably a more natural run-driving position than what he is right now. Well, Wilson Contreras is also in the I.L. So, and we don't know how long after. that's going to be. Yeah, well, don't they, know how, gonna, how they, long that's going to be. There. They mentioned that they expect him to come back right after it's ended, though. But it's it's interesting because before the game with the Reds, Joe Mann said there was nothing, no problem. Wilson's going to be back. No issues whatsoever. And then after the game, they make the trade. Does that mean that maybe there's a little bit more of a lingering? I think it's something something bigger. And also, too, Wilson Contreras now, I don't know if we want to label him this just yet, but he's kind of injury prone. He's been on the shelf quite a few times already in his young career. So if you if you do make a move like that, is this for the longer haul? Could you just say towards the church, like, you know what? You're fine. You get healthy. If we're still in the mix, which I think the Cubs will be, you'll be there when we go to the to the final push, the playoff push. But so. also, also, could it be a situation where you're looking at him playing catcher and partially him playing catcher all the time is part of the reason that he's more injury prone. So to get that bat and to keep point. him healthy, you're looking at, let's put him out in the outfield and that way we don't have to worry about him getting ran into, getting down there, crouching, the, the, the wear and tear that you get. You know that there's a limited time if you have a great bat that usually, unless he's just a fantastic catcher, you want to leave him behind the plate because you're going to get early diminishing returns on his offense than you would if you move him to first or put him an outfield but he's not a natural outfielder so you're gonna he's have not a to, natural catcher either yeah so but i mean but you talk about playing in a major leagues and you moving from one position that you have been playing with that great arm you've been playing for a while to now going out and playing outfield outfield is not easy just to play to be able to gauge the ball like that and everything as we saw in his debut he had a sure fire catch and he missed it and also too you're moving around a lot more in the outfield than you are at catcher it's still now, worse playing catcher. Dude. I'm not no no. I'm not talking about on your knees and things of that nature. But just being out there it's, playing it's every to play catcher than being outfit, right? If you're no, if it's you're not, out no, if you're no, that? listen, if you're out and you're not used to out there running back and forth, running back and forth, running back and forth, mm-hmm. that's a whole different thing. It's two different positions. Wait, that's not. We know it's two. This is a question. What's the harder position on to your be knees, out there? On your knees, bending all the time. Is yes, the harder, that's hard. That's what I'm asking. But but being going out there from playing a position, and now you got to go out there and run a lot. Now your cardio is different. Your gauging on the ball has to be there. This is major league baseball, and you already seen. Now this is going to be two players that was pegged as catchers that you're now put in the outfield. Schwarber and now Contreras. So you're playing like this this uh, game of like, let's see what can happen on the major league level when a team that you're projected to possibly, well, in the, in the run for the World Series. That's, I was listening to uh, ESPN 1000 coming in. I think they, I believe they, was talk, they, were, they were talking to Theo. And he, they actually asked him about that. And it was like, man, listen, 
his body was hurt the next day after that because he's not used to playing that. So if they are going to move into the outfield, this has to be a natural progression. You just can't throw him out there because now you, you picked up this trade. Okay, now you're going to be the right fielder. That's not it, it, That can't happen. He hasn't done this on a consistent basis. Nobody's talking about just so, throwing him out there. We're saying we're not saying this will be here right then. We're talking about looking forward and what could happen moving forward. This will have, In my opinion, this will have to be something like, okay, you're going in spring training. That it is what it is. You're an outfielder. Go out there and figure and and learn how to play the position, which is not that easy to do when you're not a natural outfielder or you haven't really played it at all. So we'll see. But this is the Chuck. This is Chicago Cubs. It's not the first time we've seen this happen. All right, we're going to switch to a little bit of betting and to help us, we're going to have Dylan Elder, the founder and CEO of Monster Rosser. This is the D and Davis Show. Hey, this is Rich Campbell from the Chicago Tribune, and you're listening to the D and Davis Show. D and Davis show. And right now we have the founder and CEO of Monster Roster. Go check out Monster Roster on Twitter at MonsterRoster.com. You can also go to their uh, URL, MonsterRoster.com, and also download the app if you got iOS, if you got a Samsung, unfortunately, even though we're Apple users for the most part, and I'm hating. He's a brilliant young entrepreneur, took an algorithm he made in high school and turned it into a platform that helps you make the right picks in sports. And his company was the first admitted to the Philadelphia 76ers Innovation Lab a couple of years ago let you know this man is doing a lot how you doing dylan i'm good how are you thanks for having me doing well doing well so look starting off with betting becoming legal in the state of illinois break down why we should use monster roster yeah it's a great question so uh monster roster is a sports betting pick recommender that like you said utilizes this powerful algorithm to you know help users win more money betting on sports um i started the business as a senior in high school because i was uh you know started playing daily fantasy at the time and played fantasy sports my whole life and when i started playing daily fantasy as well as betting on sports myself you know i was, I was losing a ton of money i deposited 100 bucks in my FanDuel account lost it right away I deposited another hundred and lost that too and i was like okay you know, I'm too competitive and I know too much about sports to continue losing, you know, playing on FanDuel and DraftKings. And so um, I teamed up with a buddy of mine to develop this algorithm that predicts fantasy points for players in given situations. And when we started making lineups from this algorithm, we started winning and, and winning a lot. Um, so we eventually, you know, turned that into a business and started selling the lineups we were creating from this algorithm. And um, you know, it's turned into a huge success for us. Um, within the last year and a half, we've kind of pivoted from the daily fantasy stuff, which we still do to focus more on sports betting with, you know, the recent legalization. So, um, now on monster roster, we do, uh, spreads, money lines, and over unders for the NFL, NBA, and MLB, um, player prop bets as well. Um, so we break down each of our picks by one through five stars, um, with five stars being, you know, the highest value picks from the algorithm. And, um, since last April, we've made 2000 five-star picks with a uh, 1500% ROI. So, uh, if you'd bet a hundred dollars on every one of those 2000 picks, you'd be up over $10,000 in profit today. Um, combined with all stars, like all of our picks in total, it's almost 14,000 picks. And if you may bet a hundred dollars on each of those 14,000 picks, you'd be up almost $5,000 in profit today. So to answer your original question, you know, I'm, I'm a sports fan, you know, just like everyone else who listens to this show. And, um, if you're losing money betting on sports, you know, you're probably not going to be betting on sports for too much longer. So, um, use monster roster if, if you want to win and, and really, you know, um, this is all driven by our algorithm and, and that's where we, uh, you know, find all of our value. 
Dean Davis on the line right now, Dylan Elder, CEO of Monster Roster. He's just breaking down uh, what the app can do. Also, you can go to the website, especially with Bed and Come here to Illinois. We want to get this to everybody, especially going around the country. Dylan, let me ask you this, and I know you can't give us all the secrets to the sauce, but in general, what's essential in going into this algorithm? Yeah. Um, so to be completely honest, I, um, you know, owe, owe a ton of credit to, you know, my original founding partner to who basically created it. Um, I was the one who would take, you know, hundreds of Excel spreadsheets that, that he would create and organize the data and give it to him in the format he needed. And then he was, uh, you know, he's the smartest person I know, um, who, you know, basically, um, you know, developed this. So, um, I, I can't, even if I wanted to, I couldn't speak to all the specifics that go into it. But what I can say is, you know, it takes different situations that different players, um, partake in either have in the past and, and then tries to predict what, what they'll do in the future. So, you know, any, anything you can think of from both publicly and, and privately available data. Um, and, you know, we morph that into a single projection for both a player's fantasy point, uh, total, and then as well as, you know, kind of, um, morph the, the sports betting stuff from that as well. So, um, one, one really interesting thing about how the algorithm works too, is it gets better as the season goes on. So, um, you know, at the, the beginning of the season, you know, first two or three weeks, you know, we're batting about 500 or, or 50%. And, you know, it takes, takes some time for the algorithm to, uh, gather data from, from new teams and, uh, from, you know, players who, you know, are changing teams and, um, different schedules and rosters and all that. And, um, once the season gets into full swing, we, we really hit our stride. So, you know, right now with baseball, it's the perfect time because we're post all-star break and, um, you know, we're hitting about 66% of our picks the last couple of weeks. And, um, you know, it's not always that good, but, um, overall it, uh, does get better as the season goes on. Dylan, let me ask you this. And I, I know from reading about it, how you talked about the algorithm adjusting and how it, you know, like you just said, it looks at the entire season. So it gets better throughout the year with changes in sports. So, and I don't, I guess the algorithm has probably been around for what, about seven, seven years or so. How long has it been around? Uh, four and a half. Four and a half? Yeah. Now, let's go back to, like, for instance, when the NBA changed due to Golden State shooting as many threes. Would the algorithm adjust to that right away, or would it take a second for it to learn that the leagues have necessarily changed? And, and that can apply that to baseball with home runs and strikeouts and also to the NFL with passing going crazy. Well, well, to your point, and even a more recent example is uh, one new rule for the NBA this past season, the 2018-19 season, was um, – the shot clock in when you get an offensive rebound, the shot clock reset to 14 seconds as opposed to 24 seconds. And so what happened at the beginning of the season was te- teams would uh, score at a faster pace because they would be taking more shots based on, you know, having to shoot quicker after getting offensive rebounds. And so the algorithm did take a little while to adjust to that. And we were picking a lot of unders for, you know, on the sports betting side of things at the beginning of the season and like unders for, you know, player point totals and all that. And, and it wasn't working because teams would be taking more shots and, and, you know, making more shots. So, um, but it does, you know, did adjust and, you know, by November, December of, of the NBA season, we were hitting our stride. So, you know, the more data it gets, like I said, the better it'll perform. So it does take some time, but um, it gets there within a few weeks. Dylan Eller right here on the D.N. Davis show, founder and CEO of MonsterRoster.com. Um, Dylan, what's the impact of online betting what do you think is going to be the uh, impact on online betting, betting with more states approving sports gambling? 
I mean, online betting is everything and I'm 22. I've been betting on sports for years and, you know, I don't want to go into a casino and, you know, my Sunday morning is, you know, instead of going to church, I'm sitting on my couch at 8 a.m. watching the pregame shows and, you know, getting ready for the football Sunday. The last thing I want to do is leave my couch and walk into a casino, place my bets, and then have to come home and risk missing the start of the game. So um, I just want to be able to do it from my computer or, or even my phone. And, you know, there's a whole generation of people like me who, you know, are used to growing up with technology like that and, and want to be able to do everything from their phones. And so I really do think, you know, the online thing is so important. And, you know, just in my mind, the, the states that have legalized sports betting, but haven't done it from the online perspective, you know, they're, they're missing out on a ton of revenue, but, you know, they're also not doing it the right way in terms of, you know, maximizing the amount of people who will be able to, you know, bet on sports. And um, so I, I think the online part is, is massive. Now, one of the aspects when you when when it does come to uh, sports betting here, like in Illinois, just approved it, is actually the tax on each bet. I believe it's maybe like twenty five cents for each bet. Uh, what is or if there is any kind of tax when you're playing on Monster uh, Roster? So there's no tax for Monster Roster. Monster Roster is just a subscription based service. Uh, Ninety nine dollars a month. You pay. You get access to on average thirty three picks a day. Like I said earlier, broken down one through five stars, five to six five star picks a day, um, and you get access to all those picks. So um, you subscribe to our site, you you get our information, and then you use that information to play on whatever legal sports book you're doing, or or if you have a bookie, we don't we don't necessarily care if you're betting legally or not. We just want people to win money betting on sports, however they do it. So no tax for us. Um, we just want you to to use this great algorithm that we have and. Um, win money like we are. Do you care about our needs then with the bookie situation? <laughs> <laughs> Good question. Uh, you know, like I said, we're, we're just focused on helping our customers win money using this algorithm. Now, now I'm more of a casual better, but is Monster Roster more so, what could, does, does it appeal to me or is it more so for an aggressive gambler? No, I think it appeals to everyone and I would almost say it appeals more to the casual better because if you're a casual better, you're not betting, you know, $10,000 a night, you might have, you know, a hundred bucks in play. You might have 10 bucks in play, whatever that is. Um, you want to make money because if, if you have a low bankroll and that bankroll is going to dwindle quicker because, you know, it's lower, um, you want to stop it from dwindling and, and start growing it, you know, as much as you can, even if you're not in it to, you know, make money to support your family, you're in it because you like sports and you want to have a little bit of action on the game because it makes it more interesting. That's exactly how I started betting too. And, um, the games are, are more fun to watch when you're winning. So that that's exactly who monster roster appeals to. Dean Davis on the line right now, Dylan elder CEO of monster roster. Make sure you go to monster roster on Twitter. You can go to monster underscore roster Dylan. No, I'm going to use this to support my family. So when the, the league changes rules and you go through slumps, it's going to be on you when my son's out. All right, on me, you know, you know, I believe in the algorithm so much that I'm okay with that. All right. But listen, let me ask you to get something real serious because looking at your story, uh, for some, some guys like us are starting to look to do something entrepreneurial. It's uh, really inspiring. Both of your parents are entrepreneurs. So tell me how growing up in that household, did they instill in you? What are the conversations to where you're in high school? Like, you know what? I'm going to start a business. You decided to not go well to after a year to wait and postpone going back to Georgetown. So how does that thought process start in a young man like yourself? Yeah, that's a really great question. Um, so I never viewed 
both of my parents as entrepreneurs because they both, you know, had jobs and went to work every day. And my view of an entrepreneur was, you know, some SpongeBob episode I watched when I was six years old where like SpongeBob was trying to sell chocolate bars and not making any money. So um, I viewed my parents, you know, as a normal family with, with jobs, but you know, looking back on it, my, my dad started his own business when I was in first grade and my mom's always had her own business. So um, I think it was less of, um, you know, one sit down talk that we talked about potentially me becoming an entrepreneur and more of, you know, the values that, that, you know, they've learned throughout their, their business and business careers. Um, and, you know, just the raise the way they raised me, you know, as a person, um, and kind of the stuff they believe in that, you know, has definitely transferred to me. So, um, you know, my parents are the two most supportive people in my life and, and I couldn't have done with this without them. So, I'm very lucky to to have them as parents and to have their support. Well, last question on them, because, again, this is pretty interesting with you just being 22 doing all this. Like you said, they didn't say one particular thing, but were there any like reaffirmations or views as far as, you know what, there's a hole right here, fill this gap. And that's how you can start to become an entrepreneur yourself. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think, you know, the, the first and foremost, my parents just just want me to be happy and and they know how much I love sports. And when I first started this business, I was so passionate about it. And, you know, it was the second semester of my senior year of high school. And so, you know, school, you know, was a little less important than it was the previous, you know, three and a half years. And so I was I was spending so much so much time on this business and they could see, you know, how passionate I was about it and, and how much I loved it. And then when the business you know, started growing, we made, you know, almost a hundred thousand dollars in revenue in our first year, just from senior year of high school through my first year at Georgetown. And, um, after that, you know, it became kind of clear that we had a real opportunity here with this algorithm and to leverage its success. And that was the time that the Philadelphia Sixers got involved and decided to invest as part of their incubator. And, you know, my passion combined with the success we were having combined with, you know, I'm being a 19 year old kid at the time, not knowing anything about running a business and just doing something I love. I, I knew what I didn't know and I didn't know how to run a business and knew I needed help. So um, the combination of all those factors kind of led to where Monster Roster is today. So was, uh, coming out of high school is a real Wolf of Wall Street situation. Huh? Yeah, you could say that. Yeah, um, it's uh, certainly been a learning experience. Uh, you just mentioned the Philadelphia 76 Innovation Lab. Exactly what is that and does other sports teams have something similar? Uh, a few sports teams have something similar. I think the, the Sixers Lab is very unique. Um, I know the L.A. Dodgers have an accelerator and um, I think the Vikings and uh, Vikings, Broncos and Niners, I think, are, are doing their own versions of it a little different than what the Sixers do. So I can't speak on other teams as much, but um, the Sixers Lab was was an incredible experience for for me and for Monster Roster. Um, it's run by a guy by the name of Seth Berger. He's the former founder and CEO of And One, the apparel company, if you remember that from early 2000s, late 90s. Um, and, you know, aside from my parents, has probably been the, the biggest mentor in my life. Um, really an incredible person and learned so much from him, both from the business side of things and just about life in general. And literally two weeks into my time at the Sixers Lab, I fly up to Boston with uh, Seth and the CEO of the Sixers, Scott O'Neill, to meet with Jason Robbins, the CEO of DraftKings, to uh, get advice on our product. We had yet to launch this, the new rebranded Monster Roster product. And we just wanted some advice on, on, you know, what worked for him, what didn't, and how we could apply that to Monster Roster. Um, and, you know, that that's two weeks into my time at the Sixers. And, 
you know, three months earlier, I was studying for a philosophy final at Georgetown. So uh, quite quite the whirlwind of change there. But um, yeah, I, I couldn't have been happier. And, and it really was a great experience. So I'm thinking now you've been doing this innovation lab with the 76ers and it's about betting. Uh, so I get, I'm guessing you kind of saw it into the future with these leagues, especially with the NBA. Okay. Basically, basically with them. okaying gambling on their sport. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I think the NBA for sure is the most progressive in terms of uh, the legalization and, and being on board with a lot of that stuff. I think a lot of the leagues still have a lot to figure out in terms of, you know, how they're splitting up the revenue and, and what's going to happen with the salary cap and all of that. But, you know, for the most part, um, the NBA is doing a great job. And, um, you know, I hope other leagues follow suit because, you know, fans love sports betting and um, the leagues love sports betting because it makes them money. So it seems like a win-win for everyone. It's just about, you know, figuring out the economics. Dean Davis on the line right now, Dylan Elder, CEO and founder of Monster Roster. I got a couple more before we get you out of here. One, the gentleman you were talking about that helped you with the Sixers that founded Dan One. Uh, part of the reason that they, they asked you guys and you talked about changing the name of Monster Roster is because you jacked his name. Yeah, no, that's so funny. Yeah, it used to be called N One Analytics, which, um, you know, for me is actually a complete coincidence. Uh, I just liked the alliteration and uh, kind of started with that, but um, was never like I, I loved N One as a kid, but never really crossed my mind when I came up with that name originally. Um, a funny story, actually, when I first met him and first got into the lab, there were about two weeks there where we didn't know what the name was going to be. We knew we were going to change the name, but we didn't know what the name was going to be. So, and he hated the and one analytics name. I think it gave him a little PTSD. So uh, <laughs> instead of, uh, instead of and one analytics, uh, again, this is before the new name monster roster. We, we just called it Coca-Cola analytics for uh, two weeks there just <laughs> internally. So um, anyway, he, uh, you know, always has great ideas and um, you know, pushes me to uh, you know, be better and, and think broader and um, it's paid off great. All right. My last one, uh, looking at this with, with monster roster and taking to the factors that it, 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 baseball weather isn't as bad, even though the heat, cause usually if it's raining, they're not going to be out there, but in football, Nickelman weather, it can change a game. Is it easier for you perhaps with basketball since it's played indoors to predict the outcome that it is in the sports that are out indoors? You know, I think for us, we think we have an advantage over, you know, the majority of the players in daily fantasy. And then uh, the, certainly the sports books and betting, just considering, you know, we've get, gotten kicked off several for winning so much with this algorithm and, you know, we're, we're beating them consistently. And so, you know, we actually like the sports that uh, have, you know, variable factors like that because we think we're better at predicting them than the people we're competing against talk that and, talk, you know, talk that talk. Sports, yeah, exactly. Sports betting, uh, specifically competing against the books. Right. So we think we're better at it than them. So the more variable factors you can introduce, the better we think we'll do compared to them. All right, Dylan. So where do you see monster roster five, 10 years from now? <laughs> That's a good question. I think, you know, I'm, I'm very focused on, um, you know, where we're at right now. And I think right now the, the, the leverage that, um, we can take from our algorithm is, is where we'll go. So um, whether that means licensing with sports books or, or partnering somewhere there and, um, you know, continuing to leverage this algorithm, which certainly is the, the most valuable asset of the business is, is where we're going to take it. So um, 10 years down the line, it's tough to say, but right now we're focused on, on this algorithm and, and how we can utilize that to, um, you know, continue to grow. Dylan, your story is really inspiring, man. Keep it up. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me on. Thanks, Dylan. 
All right. And that was Dylan Elder of MonsterRoster.com. He's the founder and CEO. Okay. You want to come on back? Go up for grabs. Ryan Bukowski, Dean Davis Show. What's up, everybody? It's Cameron Smith from CBS2 Chicago. You're listening to the D and Davis Show. D and Davis Show. All right. It is time to go up for grabs with one Mr. Ryan Bukowski. Ryan, what you got for us? I was so grateful that I got the opportunity to play um, this year after I signed so late spring training on a. Um, I mean, I know as a business, um, like I said, Dayton was pretty open to me until um, they gave me posted and everything. Um, I was glad that I got a chance to play here for Joe Madden as, you know, a guy who I was, I was in Milwaukee always looking, you know, from the other side, just seemed like I always like to have fun and uh, that's the type of player I am, to like to have fun. How about moving up in the standings with a chance to go to the postseason? And that's always nice, you know, that's... You know, that's why you play this game just to go out there and um, every, make a game. Every game um, counts, and uh, and that's what this team doing right now. Well, let's start off in the world of baseball because the Cubs made a trade with uh, Kansas City yesterday for Martin Maldonado. Mm-hmm. And with the July 31st deadline coming up, which team will make the larger splash in the trades? The Cubs or the Sox? Cubs. Why do you think the Cubs can? Because I think the only thing that's going to happen with the Sox if they move, move Colomay. Um, so, I, I, I mean, and I, listen, if they move him, they would have to really get something back. I don't know. I have to look at some of the contenders. I know that everyone's basically contending in the, the uh, AL, I mean the NL rather, but I'll have to check that out. But I would have to say it would be the Cubs over the Sox because the Sox I mean James McCann isn't going to bring you back probably what Colomay is because teams will look at will he be able to do it moving forward I would think but you have a closer that's under control next season so I would say Colomay but I, I don't think he's moving and I think situa- the situation may be in some cases more dire on the north side so they may shake things up and look their general manager told us on McNeil and Parkins a few weeks ago basically that if things don't go the way he expects that they'll shake things up we haven't heard rick uh, rick Hahn say anything similar to that um i'm gonna go with the cubs as well because i just don't know what you'll be able to get for the white Sox. i mean like you said before you have column a yeah but you better be getting like a hole with yeah. ken say right there some sweet like it better you be got, a dude in there with a name it, yeah he better be in about the top 30 i'll go and i'm going low by saying 30 for the control the top 30 in the whole mlb not that team and the team for the control that you have over Colin May. Uh, but if you look at what if you if you look at what Colin May can bring back, well, it has to, he has to bring something great back because of the control that he has. He'll be here next year, uh, the White Sox. And also too, if you think you're in a contention, well you think you're growing as a team, why give away a closer? Because that's the one thing that can for sure get you to where you want to go. It's pitching and defense. You have the pitching. You're pitching. Kind of you, back end of the pitching. Yeah, back end of the pitching, definitely. If you have that and you have the defense out there in the field, you already, you're almost there. You know what I'm saying? Your offense can just take care of itself. But as far as the Cubs, listen, you was talking about the National League. Atlanta, seven and a half games up on Washington. Uh, Washington is a wild card uh, team uh, in the NL. Uh, you have the West, NL West. The Dodgers are 15 games up on the Arizona Diamondbacks. It comes down to the NLC, I mean, in the NL Central. Cubs are currently in first place. St. Louis is two games back. Milwaukee, two and a half games back. Pittsburgh, five and a half games back. Cincinnati, five and a half games back. They're in contention to make the playoffs and possibly make a run. They need to do something to shore it up because 
although they're two games back, if I'm a Cubs fan going into the playoffs, I don't feel that comfortable. I don't feel like, okay, yeah, I know we got it. We got the squad that we can go for. I don't feel that. I don't feel that at all. If I, I wouldn't feel that if I was a Cubs fan. So if, it, depends on what, it depends on where they want to go. I think they're going to probably be buyers because they're in the midst of it. Even if it comes down to the last week, it wouldn't shock me. last couple of weeks, it wouldn't shock me if they're still around the same, maybe even tighter, one, uh, two games back, three games back. They're going to be fighting each other really in this uh, division. So it definitely has to be the Cubs. They have to do something. I'll go with the Cubs as well. And the reason why I brought this question up is just because I don't know if the Cubs are going to be able to do much at the deadline. That's the that's the problem that they're in. Yes. Ken and I, we've been talking kind of off air about what they can do. And <laughs> you think they're going to get a, a case? That's not it. true. What was your that is not true. Ryan, what is your what is your package if you were like, a GM right now? I just got this dude straight off the street. I mean, I found him in the alley, but he hitting his ass <laughs> off. Give me one of your, your best players. Robel. Robel Garcia. Who is it? Indians like a... No, no. Kinda. <laughs> the blasphemy coming out of your mouth right now. Just taking everything I'm saying out of context and out He's of... twisting it around. Super Robel. Oh, my goodness. So what would be your package then, right? If you was... If you I were mean, you, running it would be a non-defensive package. Please tell me. <laughs> oh, all offense? All offense? That's not true. Victor Caratini's a catcher. Oh, catch. I don't know Sorry. about that now. <laughs> yeah, that team really looking for that. Man. No, it, it's... Uh, I mean, they're going to have to decide what route they're on first of all like has theo decided we need to change things up or is this the group that we're rocking with and we just need to add a piece or two if it's a piece or two you're looking at probably a lefty reliever you're probably not going to make any real changes in your position players maybe trying to add a low level leadoff player that you can put at second base mm. maybe something Who? like that so you move, d gordon so you is move, out there so you move addison russell you probably have to move shorber yeah, and don't you gotta, please throw. don't mention Addison Russell. That is not a You're gonna have throw. to though. I'm, but the point is, no one wants him. I know you nobody wants him. So that's see, that's him. where that's a, I don't know a foreseen thing. Like, oh yeah, I'm gonna throw the abuser in. But to too. get D Gordon, you could get you could throw in Russell with Schwarber and get a for value defense? for I'm D not Gordon. Saying, no, no. All I'm saying is. He's he is he will incrementally move the trade is what I'm trying to say, and that's all the Cubs have. They only have guys that will incrementally move yeah, it. So that's, that's why. True. But I don't know if Garcia is one of them. Uh, left How long power hitter? About Second two and a half one? weeks. Two and a half weeks. And no, he has four home runs. I'm good. Yeah. I'm good. Yeah. All right. Fine. Trick, fine. Fine. I'm not going to trade hey Robel. I got. I like up. the Italian. You I got know this, what? I want to keep him. I got you this can't bag even of manure him. right here, man. You uh, it, listen, but it's it is it is really growing some stuff, man. You gonna give me like a hundred grand for it or what? <laughs> hundred grand. That was full my money. asking. You're playing <laughs> playing full money out here. See, I think uh, I was shortchanging. I should ask for a million. A bag of balls and a few gloves. Yeah, man. I'm saying. I'm, all I'm saying though. It's up, to the, it's up to the Cubs. They got to figure something out, though. So two to two. Leadoff man is on. Bottom of the ninth. By ready delivers. And it's a swing and a ground ball to the hole. It's short backhand. Throw to second. And the throw goes away. It rolls into foul territory down the right field line. Pinders around third. Comes to the plate. He scores. And that's how the A's win the game. Wow. And the A's have won it by the score of 3-2. Let's go to my second question and pick on your favorite team, Ken. How disappointing is this come out of the All-Star break for the White Sox? Minute. Yeah, and it has been Did you listen to Ken Davis sitting in for Les Grobstein? Oh, yeah. Check it out. Did you see how I said that I was probably leaning more towards the Cubs and need to be doing something in the Sox? You want them to do better. But listen, but listen. One of the things, though, 
that has jumped out to me, and I don't mean like it's jumped out to me that a lot of people wouldn't, is the fact that they played so well, one defensively, well not defensively, one offensively, Mm -hmm. that I thought the team, the White Sox started to really, not to say they forgot Tim Anderson, but we forget how vital of a cog he was in the beginning Uh of the season. So So to me, partially, that's it. Also, when you look at the fact that your best, your starting ace hasn't been performing as well, you can kind of see that. And they're a young team. Like, where are we going to put this at as far as a successful season? Because to be honest with you, now, if they fall on their face for the rest of this, the second half of the, the, the break, I mean, after the All-Star break, I would say it was it was disappointing. But if they kind of play close to what they were put before or a little less, I think it's been a phenomenal year for the White Sox because questions have been answered or at least they've been answered for the time being we have to see how they adjust next year but they've been answered so thoroughly like it's not like Yoan Mankata is just playing well mm-hmm. he's dude he's top five in offense and in defensive third right now you look at what Tim Anderson has been providing those have been some of your biggest question marks and Eloy look Eloy's better than what Mankata was in his first full season and I mean especially hitting like and that's the only thing when we think about Eloy but hitting wise we were looking at him like okay and you can already see and look at some of the pitches that he's been throwing because of how crazy he is so no I'm not disappointed I do want them to perform better but no if this happens for another two weeks I'll start to be slightly disappointed but this season has been very good from the beginning when it looked like Rick and Kenny were really messing. Listen, if they can finish, if they can still finish within at least my goal for them, if they can finish still within five to ten games below 500, that's still a markedly, that's a great increase from when they were last Definitely. year. So that's, that's that would be my goal for them. Honestly, they don't have to make a trade. They don't have to do anything. They can just go keep. They can keep on playing. If you want to bring up a Robert, that's fine. If you want to kind of start moving, shuffling some people in and out, that's fine. Because the main core, the pitching staff, which can definitely be a lot better, and that's probably their biggest Achilles heel. But from the pitching staff and and your batters, you have enough to kind of keep it. You could tread water at least where you're at right now. It, it would be great to see them kind of like take off and really move ahead, if you want to say. But if they don't do that, that's fine. I went into this season not expecting that much. They have overachieved in my opinion. Not say overachieved. They had exceeded my expectations um, this season. But if they can just finish between five to ten games under 500, I'm fine with that. You can see progress. And I think everyone around the major leagues, especially here on the south side of Chicago, just basically within the city, you have you found stars, you found personality, you found uh, just, just, you found just overall, just hope. A better. There you go. Thank you. Thank you. That's that's a great word. You found hope. You found hope in what you have on the south side. So I'm fine with where they at right now. Yeah, I, I wouldn't say it's necessarily disappointing, but there are concerning things to Look me. You just trying. The what trying? Listen, the, the starting so the, the starting the starting pitching is my biggest concern. That's where my biggest concern. My biggest concern. Yeah, but it, it, with it being your concern, you already knew due to injury that you were coming in with the below average pitching staff, and it's it's split on the two prospects that you're worried about. But it's splitting. I hate to say this because I really dug last year uh, Ronaldo Lopez. Mm-hmm. But man, you got you may have an ace. On your team with Lucas, yeah, we do. I still got to see the rest of the season. Yeah, okay, but the, 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 hey, guess what you can get for Lucas Giolito if he doesn't play well this offseason? A decent amount. 
Because some teams going to be like, I seen that boy, what he did to us. Like, Yeah, but also, too, but you want to start just moving pieces. I'm not, that's not what I'm saying. Yeah. I'm talking about you have something is what I'm, I'm not talking about moving it. I'm talking about value. Mm-hmm. You had something you did not have. So when we talk about Kopech, Dunning, Carlos Rendon being out, I'll Cease. tell you this. One of the things, what well, I'm talking about the guys that are out. Oh, okay, okay. One of the things that I, w- I do want to see Listen, bring up a couple more of these pitching prospects. Let's see what these guys can do the second half of the season and get their feet ready because, listen, trying to depend on those three core, I mean, three pitchers to come back on, uh, next year and sit there and pitch, I'm hoping they, they know they're not going to do 200 innings, but 150 innings, you're going to need some guys to spell those guys and stretch some guys out. You may as well bring up some of these pitches, but we already knew this pitching staff was going to be trashed this year. Yeah. And I'll tell you this, if Ronaldo Lopez is the second half, I'll be happy with what this pitching staff has done this season. I just look at it as a very similar 2015 to the Cubs. When does that start for the Sox? Are they competing next year or are they competing in two years? We don't know to free agency. I mean, because, well, no, let me say this. I, that's not what I would say. Go ahead, go ahead. I would say this. We won't know until these players that have made moves this year advance next year. But also, sure. we'll know because if you're going to comp- give the comp to the Sox and the Cubs, well, Blester came then. Mm-hmm. So if the Sox go out and get a Garrett Cole or I'm not the big Madison Bumgarner guy because I'd rather have somebody that still got more bullets in it. Madison yeah. Bumgarner has been phenomenal, but he's done what he had to do to get those three World Series for the Giants. One one, basically. Yeah. So uh, the, it, to me, if they go out and put the money down and show like, hey, guy, because that's what they're telling these players then too next offseason. Hey, we expect more out of you guys. This isn't just a growth year. We expect you to be a team that's going after Minnesota and Cleveland in this division. Well, I, like all the kids aren't there. Obviously, like Lewis Roberts has to come up and some of the other guys that are going to be a part of this thing. That's why if next year is still kind of another year, I don't think it matters as much, but there, like what D said, there's going to be a point where you're going to have to just win and you can't get younger. You can't trade away pieces mm-hmm. and there's got to be a consistent effort and not that it's a big deal now, but if they kind of sputter the rest of the way for the second half, or let's say go through this bad stretch. I don't get why we're, but see in that, what you're saying, I don't. They're not to that point yet. Like you're now, you're about almost a year and a half of where they at right now. Well, that's yeah, what I, I'm asking. I'm I, asking but this what isn't, point but are they this at? This isn't real quick. This isn't 2015. Like 2015 would be next year. No, no, no. no. I'm saying you said when, you said they have to start winning, right? No, there's going to be a point in time where that has true. To but again, we're talking about this season and how we feel about this season. Well, that's again if next year is still kind of. We're gonna figure it out. This is that's gonna be our 2015 because we got to get some guys in free agency. Then it doesn't matter so much what they do out of this All Star break. But if next year mm-hmm. is the year where you start competing, that's where you got to see more returns of expected winning in the short term. My my um, my threshold, if you want to say, would be I want to see a full season a full season of consistent pitching from the starting starting pitching. That's what I want to see. Now, if you now, even if it's next season, and let's say my you won't. Well, it's got to be next season. Well, no, I, it can't be. No, wait, wait, no, wait. that's the earliest it can. Start. No, they're no. hurt. I want to see. I want to, see, but you should be able to get all those guys back next season. But so they're not going to be want, full go next year. I want to see the progression, and I want to see how they pitch next year. Question. Now, if they pitch well. And let's say, like I said, my my goal for them was to be five to ten games under five hundred this season. Let's say next season they can hit five hundred or maybe a few games above five hundred. That means that their offense stay consistent. They 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 the guys at the bat with the bats they they they've done what they need to do right. 
but that also will show, okay, we have our younger guys, know they're probably not to the point of where we want them to be, but they have progression. Because as we said, the Achilles heels for this team is the starting pitching. So if I can get some consistency out of Cease, you get Kopech this back, you can try to see if Lucas Giolito do the same thing. You can, I don't know if Ron, uh, Rondon will still be here. Maybe uh, Lopez will have a bounce back here. Maybe he'll be your four or your five. But if you can get back, if you could be a little bit better, hit 500, then after the season, after next, that's when I will start to say, okay, you need to start challenging at the least the minimum, yes. the first wild card, not even the, the division or the first wild card. So it's not next season for me. It's the season after next. Two things. One, what you said earlier, which I don't agree with, they're not moving parts around anymore. Like, they're not, like, okay, if you moved Jose Abreu or let's just say Colome, but they're not moving, like, this is your core. Oh, yeah. They're, yeah, they're, they're done now. Yeah, this, this is your I core. Think, I try, think, Again, now, I'm saying, you may move a vet for a prospect, but they're not going to move, like, a big prospect for more prospects. That's, yeah. that's mm-hmm. a done deal. But then getting to you and, and tampering down next year, do you know how stupid we'll be if those pitchers come back and the Sox are doing well and they push them too far and we'll be like, what the hell are y'all doing? Well, no, no, I'm no. Just saying, I'm, just, I'm just saying, again, you, I'm not tampering down anything agree, for no, next year. I'm, I'm, I'm saying it. Oh, okay, okay. I'm with you when you're, I'm, I'm saying that for next year mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. like you said, to me, the year after is the real yeah. year. And yeah. another thing too, yeah. the Sox don't have to be exactly on the Cubs and Houston's exact trek yeah. because I'll tell you on the Cubs side, maybe winning too early didn't help them bad boys out. You know what I'm saying? Like, they peaked. Everything coming as fast as it came to those okay, players. Okay, relax. Winning it is most I'm not, important. No, I'm, not, I'm not saying you don't want to win it. That's but everybody what, thought but, they could probably be. But, they're in the window, but they listen, thought two or three But you World can't Series. say let me finish, they let me shouldn't just, have won it early. That's not what I said. I'm, I'm just pointing out that sometimes getting everything too young can be an issue. Did I say sure. I wouldn't have won? Or I, No, you want to get World Series in because you may not get another one. But I'm still pointing out trying to chase after something. And you look, you may not even win and you're pushing to get to something. So then you, you're you plateaued and you didn't even get to the World Series in the past with uh, Gordon Beckham. Did you notice the difference between the Sox with these the kids that they break up now compared to what they did to Gordon Beckham? They rushed the hell out of Gordon Beckham and he, I, I think I saw him last week on Atlanta. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's making the rounds or whatever. So, no. Take your time do this the way that you think right now as far as how they've been handling these kids outside of the injuries to the pitching it seems like Kenny and Rick know what they're doing I'm not forcing anything I want to see progression next year it does not have to be a situation where they're in the playoffs I do want them certain parts of the season to be in contention but when they slip out I'm not going to be extremely mad because we did a total teardown and this is the first year we've seen signs of anything well the season after next their goal should be 500 if they exceed that that's great but their goal the season after after this one should be then it'll be an issue you see me after next year and again I would say if there's no major injury but even if there's major injury I'm gonna be mad at this team because it's like what are you guys doing because probably by that by that time then you most of your young stars will yes. be up on the and bro, we also gotta give Ro- again we know the, the Cubs won early but you got Robert like we just said when we were leaving out the other day Robert may be the best prospect yep. we gotta give him time He can he get up here and learn how to swing in the majors like it's like we gotta tamp, slow this down a little bit We it's looking well let's stick to the script let's bring in a vet but let's stick to the script yeah Moving over now to the next sport on the horizon, football with camps opening up very soon. And I was just curious, who are some of the teams that you guys are going to keep an eye on and monitor in this offseason heading into the regular season? And I meant Robert, not Robert. Go ahead, dude. Um, 
Does it have to be within the Bears division? No, or just outside overall? of the Bears, just uh, uh-huh. in the NFL. Um, I'm definitely going to keep an eye on Cleveland because I think they're possibly. I, I would say, on paper, because the NFL is just crazy. Uh, <laughs> what's wrong with Cleveland? I think it's going to be very fun to watch. Okay, fun. I, the fun is the Browns. Fun. I think they can win the division. I ain't winning that division. You don't think so? I've seen, Over Baltimore, Pittsburgh, and um, oh, Cincinnati. I still got. I still yep. got. I still got um, Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. Yeah. Oh wow! I think Cleveland can take that division. I'm interested in Pittsburgh because, as you seen on Sports Center the other day, Coach Tomlin was talking spicy up on that bad boy, <laughs> and uh, I'm interested to see. Hey, look, I'm interested to see. Now the players that were there, we saw that Con- what Connors can do. Connors did that not knowing he was going to be the starting running back, right? Offensive line didn't know if Le- Le'Veon Bell was going to come back. Now right. they know he's their starter. Juju Smith, listen. Now we got to see what you do as the ace. But this is the thing: Pittsburgh is always good with finding receivers in the draft. I'm interested to see who the next. Um, what was the tall receiver they ended up training? Tra- Martavius Bryant. Yeah, Martavi- Bryant. Listen, without the drugs. But who's the next Martavius Bryant type cat is? See, I, I or um, I'm sorry, or um, what's what's the name that was uh, left them went to the uh, to the Ravens that used to take up the top off of what? Uh, what? Yeah, he went to the Dolphins. Yeah, what was yeah, his name? yeah, exactly. Like they I can all, think of his name right now. Plasco Burst. Like I'm interested. So t- to me, sticking with that, the AFC North, I'm interested in seeing what Pittsburgh does. I know, I know, Pittsburgh has always been the the, the uh, Some stable. Wallace. The, Mike Wallace. Mike Wallace. Mike yeah. Wallace. I know Pittsburgh has always gotcha. been the stable. I was stable. thinking Mike too. <laughs> that was perfect. Pittsburgh has always been the uh, the stable in that division. Well, actually, throughout the NFL, they always because. Been there. We, had to, the we had to tell we had to tell uh, uh, Tony like, dude, they haven't been under five hundred. I don't think ever, maybe once up under Tomlin. Maybe, maybe, maybe. Dude, they was they they won nine games last. Yeah, year. maybe. They made the playoffs. Yeah. Maybe so they're always going to that uh, that consistent team. But definitely Cleveland and also too kind of staying with an AFC. I want to see what uh, KC does this year with the second year on um, um, Holmes. Uh, it's gonna be sweet. Yeah, I as long see- as uh, the child abuser can play. Oh yeah, that's right. Oh yeah, that's right. I forgot he is out there. They gonna bring him back. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, they definitely are. So I want to see what Cleveland does. So my two teams, at least, is going to be in the AFC are the Browns and the uh, the Chiefs. NFC, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if I really believe in the Rams like that. Gurley has like degenerative knees or something like that, right? His, we, knew, we knew that. Yeah, completely. I mean, the Rams don't know. <laughs> Seattle no draft guys at C- <laughs> Seattle could be on the rebound now. Russell Wilson, you know, saying so he got fresh, fresh. You think money. they're on the rebound? No, don't they? they, they no, they made the playoffs. They, they made the playoffs last year. Last year. They, I mean, I mean, could they go back? I don't know if they could ever go back to what they once were, but they kind of going back up. They're ascending. Yeah, they're ascending. So, so that's not rebound. Want, not rebound. Right, you uh, correct me. Yes, uh, they're ascending. So I definitely want to see what Seattle does. And the Bears are the Bears. You know what I'm saying? Just try to see. Exactly. Sweet to see what I hope so. I hope so, man. The NFL, man, you just don't know. Ooh, man. Listen, you I just got, don't know. In the AFC, another team before you jump, you chime in, Ryan. I want to see what the Chargers are going to do mm-hmm. in a city that doesn't love them. With the but with the Rams team that may regress, yeah. Provide, but with the situation now with Melvin Gordon and are they going to pay him and how important do they feel he really is because they won when he was hurt, when he was out last yeah. year. But man, Philip Rivers needs as many weapons as possible. That defense, the coach Lynn is doing well. A lot of people have picked that team to be the of the team coming out of the NFC. I mean the AFC. And then in the really? NFC, yeah, I've heard several Ooh. pundits uh, say that. Ooh. And then in the NFC, I'm definitely geeked. I'm geeked to see what the Bears do and what the Cowboys do. 
because it it, it, it will, it's always fun to see if Jerry hypes up his players. Then we know Zeke is the truth, but it seems like uh, well Zach's gonna get fresh cash before the season probably starts. With that burden being on him, Zeke is gonna miss games either due to injury or he's gonna get suspended for some or hold out messery. <laughs> Right, messery. But I, I want to see if Zach, if, 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 sorry, if Dak can take that step, that next move. And also, you believe, with that in, defense, you believe in that? Dak? No, I'm not the big. I, wait, Dak, Dak. Dak. Yeah, Dak wasn't Dak. down with taking the knee, so no. But uh, <laughs> go eat your, your yogurt in the corner. But no, I'm joking. Uh, not. <laughs> I'm interested to see what that team does, especially since they got a ton of contracts that's coming on. You got to pay both them linebackers sooner or later. Mm-hmm. So you're going to be able to pay them. But they just pay somebody though. Yeah, they pay Lawrence. They Lawrence, gave Lawrence, Lawrence that crazy deal. 100 million? You're going to give Dak that deal. You got those linebackers. Then you got Smith and uh, what's the other linebacker's name? You got. Yeah, the. Yeah, like, man. Yeah, from Idaho. Good white name. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> Kerrigan tells us all kinds of stuff. But it puts fear into you when you come into the line. A good white name. Like, yeah, and so that's. It is though. Yeah. It, it is. And with that line getting noticed, so that to me is, uh, I'm looking, I'm interested in those, those teams the most. I think uh, in the AFC, I'm actually going to start in the NFC. The Eagles are a team that I'm really looking at because now it's Carson Wentz or nothing mm-hmm. for them moving oh, forward. Yeah, that's true. And that healthy. means well, now Nick Foles. Jacksonville? Yes, yes. Gets traded to Jacksonville. That's another team I'm looking at. because Vanderish. Vanderish. That's the yes. guy who will play, play like 707 football, right? Yes. Okay. They, yeah. <laughs> of course, with a name like that. The only thing was he was the only one on his team. He was. I saw the film on him. <laughs> He's fabulous. He was a great player. He was. He was. And uh, with Dallas, too, Jason Witten coming back, does that matter at all for them? Because they needed another receiver really badly. I mean, dude, he owed his dirt. Yeah, but he's that guy that sits on that first down marker and he Can he get to that bad boy now in time? I don't know. Yeah, because I see I Dak know. throwing it three yards before. Because but you like, know <laughs> they didn't have enough receiving options. Can I coach, man, you gonna let me be the GM? Y'all, y'all sleeping on Cleveland. Cleveland gonna win that division. <laughs> Cleveland might be good. Hold on, dude. Let me ask I you a question. Y'all gonna win? How many uh, head coaching jobs did they head coach had before this season? None. Oh, okay. How many uh, coordinator jobs has he had before this season? Mm, zero. Yeah, it's interim. I'm looking at the talent Freddie on the team. Ki- Freddie Alabama I'm Kitchens. Looking, I'm looking at the talent on the team. It's supposed to. Simmer down all these, I won't say There's volatile personality. Personalities. Of, are they doing hard knocks again? Is it no? That? It's the Raiders. Yeah, Raiders got it. Oh, the Raiders. Oh, nice. Tasty. Oh, but nice. um, so uh, listen, that we, we're asking a lot of Freddie Kitchens. Man, they went seven, eight, and one last year. Mm-hmm. Baltimore is not going to be the same Baltimore they were last year. They That's another teams. team. ODB I'm, changed his hairstyle. That's another team. Baltimore. Are they going to throw the ball at all? With Lamar Jackson, or are they going to be just such a pure defense and running team? They lost no, a little bit on defense. It's going to be though. a lot of trickery because they have. Um, I don't believe what's in What's the it. kid they got from Oklahoma? I can't remember since we're doing the I don't remember game. They got a they got a, a weapon. Like they got a weapon to go with that kid. They got a guy that in space. Whoa! So they, they, they just drafted. They just drafted him, right? Yeah, they're going to be running oh, it, but they're going to be there's going to be a lot of trickery. With them and, and getting players open in space and trying to sit there, especially when you basically have to have a spy on their quarterback 24-7. Because Mar- Marquise Brown? Yeah. Yep. Okay. That sounds right. Hollywood, I think it's Hollywood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Ravens, do you think that they're second in that division? No, because that's a quarterback. I, you, he going to get hurt sooner or later. It may not be next year, but that's still a young quarterback. And I, even to go with, I, I'll put it like this. Lamar? 
Yeah, Lamar Jackson. But even to go with uh, uh, Baker Mayfield, we know Baker Mayfield can do it traditionally well. So I probably feel a little bit better than that. But when a, with a guy that has to use his feet and has to use his feet in traffic the way that he does for that team to win, he's going to get hurt sooner or later. I think Seattle is the other last team I'll point out. I, I really like what they did. They've retooled their mm-hmm. defense. They've got that DK Metcalf to be a potential receiving weapon and a big receiving weapon for Russell Wilson. And yeah. if he's able to just run around to get open, Russell Wilson's going to give him time to get he open. Is. He is. And they have that running game solved and figured out last year. That's what they wrote into the playoffs they played the Rams really tough in both their games I think that that's a team that could be a really surprise dominant team wouldn't I shock me at all if they made another Super Bowl appearance wouldn't I don't, I shock I don't me have them in the Super Bowl wouldn't shock me at all I got the Bears beat now Bears beating Seattle mm-hmm. well the Bears might be the best team in the NFC potentially the man don't y'all put that juju on them I got the Bears beating Seattle don't, don't y'all put that Bears juju on the Bears I'm telling you man. Listen, Listen, Mitch wait, Trubisky is Wilson, a real is this, man is this Russell Wilson with the conk in his hair or is it Less. I don't care. I take either Russell. I don't know about the you know. I'm a the, the great Russell Wilson. You know, I take Russell over Mitch in a heartbeat. Who oh would, yeah, I in would, a heartbeat. I would not. And it comes down to the. It comes down to it. It's all about the NFL quarterback. So I'll still take Seattle right now over the Bears. Nah, not the rest of the team. All right now. I'm just saying. Is there Eddie Jackson on that team? Is there Khalil Mack on that team? Is there Roquan Listen, like I said, Hicks? It's, it's Hicks the on. seasons. The seasons are season to season, but we, we shall see. And if Leonard Floyd is... Uh, Nichols. I'll, I'll say this much. I Do think, you buy that from Willie McGinnis that he's the say? top? He said that Leonard Floyd's his top pass rusher to watch out, and that's been his new thing the last he few did? years. Yeah, he's that's his number one breakout Can pass rusher for healthy? this year. Is he not going to play with a cast? Or that's that's what Willie thinks. Brain is going to be kind of like and I cloudy. Think he called like... He called Darius Leonard last year. Oh. That was one of his well, top I hope he's right. pass breakout. And Leonard Floyd's is number one for pass I mean, rusher. It's not. I hope he's it's right. Not crazy hard when you if you have play on the other side of Khalil. You heard uh, what yeah, their a linebackers coach said, Ted Mana. Oh, forgetting this. Mm-hmm. He uh, trained Terrell Suggs. Basically, developed okay. him. Okay. He said, "I understand Khalil Mack is on this team." Leonard Floyd is the best pass rusher in terms of skill and talent. He's lying. That, that's, we shall see. Listen, lying. this this season is going to be no. this season is going to be nice. Mr. I'm Speed. very I'm very excited for the season. Mr. Speed and half a move is not <laughs> better than Khalil. <laughs> and I and I'm not the biggest NFL fan like that, but I am very I haven't been I haven't been this excited for a Bears season in a very long time. It's been a while. It's been a while. I. I guess 06 but uh, I think after the Super Bowl every realistic Bears fan was like it's not going to happen again yeah I, uh, was, yeah was, I was on that was a feed. shot sports yeah. feed on Sunday I mentioned that this team has a chance this team could easily be better than that Bears team now oh, defensively yeah. which one 016 oh yeah, yeah. oh yeah, yeah 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 because yeah, yeah. the, the office alone that's what I'm saying I won't yeah. say that Mitch is better than Rex even though Mitch's feet are better but Mitch has way more weapons than Rex had around him mm-hmm. way more weapons than he had yeah. only thing that Rex may have had was, was slightly Moose on a team? better offense like who Moose Moose Muhammad yes. was on the team um who no, I'm saying, if, <laughs> for that particular time, I know he was his, he was the best uh, offense. I mean, best. Uh, I don't even remember the Desmond, Desmond, Desmond Clark. Hit. Desmond Clark. Yeah, Desmond you had Thomas Jones. Team. Who else was they? Who was their number two Cedric wide receiver? Cedric Benson. Ah, that bum. Who was their number two uh, wide receiver on that team? Dude, I don't. But Bernard Berry was. Uh, was Bernard no, Barry. that was the year before. No, Bernard Berry went to the Vikings. He no, left. They no. don't think offensive weapons ain't better than these offensive weapons. They are. 
The Bears, the Bears now offensive weapons are better. So why are we talking about them old busters? Except Thomas Jones. Shout out to Thomas Jones in your career. Man, he is active. active. Shout out to <laughs> Thomas, Thomas Jones. Outside of that on offense, man, don't bring up none of them. Hey, Moose Muhammad was doing this thing. Man, Moose Muhammad wasn't doing jack. Two Super Bowl He was collecting a paycheck yes, for the Panthers. Two, two, I'm talking Dude. about, I'm talking about in that little stretch. Moose Muhammad was stretch. Did, they, didn't he go to back-to-back Worlds? I mean, well, World Series. Didn't he go back-to-back Super Bowls? What was the, what was the time frame between the Carolina Panthers and the uh, Bears? I thought it was. It was pretty close, wasn't it? It was pretty he close. Had, I, know, I know he said this is where to go for why he was go to die. Because it was just the way Who they were. Who cares John he was around when teams went to the Super Bowl? He wasn't a major factor. He was the top wide receiver on both of those teams. Steve Smith was taking taking that man's job, and that's why he left. Oh yeah, but was this is but this was young Steve Smith. Steve Smith, Steve Smith hadn't ascended yet. Musa Muhammad didn't do nothing for the Bears. So no, please. he did. He did. He did. Mark Bradley. Oh yeah, ooh, from ooh. Oklahoma, he was great. Ooh, Not ooh. no. Rasheed Davis. Oh, Rashid. Rashid Davis. Oh man, excellent. Justin Gage. Yeah. Ooh, long. Goodness. I guess Bernard Berrien was on that team. Yeah, I thought he was on that team. He, he was he on left, the 06. He left the next year. And he had that honey yard Guess uh, what, what did it mean? Oh, nothing. What did it mean? All right, thanks, Ryan. All right, we're going to go ahead and move over to the diamond, the baseball diamond, talk a little Cubs and White Sox with Kevin Powell of WGN, the and David Show. Yo, what up? It's your man, Jay Illa, official Chicago Bears DJ, and you are listening to the D and David Show. Turn it up. D and David Show, and right now we have Kevin Powell. You can check him out on Afternoons. He's a sports anchor for the Rokon Show on WGN Radio. They also simulcast that on uh, CLTV, so make sure you check that out. Or WGN, I can't remember. Kevin, make sure I'm right. But make sure you also check out his podcast, Poll at the Park, on WGN Radio. Also on WGNRadio.com, iTunes, and where you can find any type of podcast. How are you doing, Kevin? Hey, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. So listen, I was looking at your timeline today, and you mentioned that you felt like Mike Montgomery wasn't appreciated. Uh, let's break down the trade a little bit and how important is the trade. At the beginning of the show, we kind of talked about, is this kind of telling us a little bit about Wilson Contreras' future or, or what next step could take place? What are your thoughts? Kevin, what are your thoughts on the trade? Hey, hey on, the, on the trade, I'm sorry, I'm having a little trouble hearing you. On the trade, I, you know, I think it makes sense. It's uh. A veteran type catcher. Remember back in 2016, they they had three catchers during that run with Ross and Miguel Montero and Wilson Contreras. So I think it makes sense. I mean, with all due respect to Victor Caratini, he's not a veteran catcher, and with Wilson Contreras going down, uh, this adds a veteran presence. Uh, Maldonado is obviously a guy that's known for his glove rather than his bat. So um, I think it kind of stabilizes that position. And even if when Contreras comes back, which which uh, is expected to be um, as soon as is his 10 days on the IL is up. Um, you know, maybe they do carry three catchers on this club. Now, is this a harbinger of a move that could be made in the future and we could maybe be looking at an outfielder being moved and, and Contreras being played more in outfield? Yeah, you know, that's an interesting um, question. I think that – I think when it comes to the trade deadline at this point, I think it does come down to the question, well, is Theo willing to trade one of his regular big league guys. I mean, you know, the, the, the farm system obviously isn't rich with talent like it used to be because of the trades they've made. Um, so maybe, maybe Steele is willing to move one of these guys like a Laura Schwarber to get another arm for the bullpen. Uh, but I'm really interested to see how Theo approaches this, this deadline because they've been loyal to a lot of these guys that helped them win the world series. Now that Montgomery's gone, obviously he's not, a, not as instrumental as some of these other guys. 
Um, but look, I mean, there's not a ton in the farm system. If you want to, if you want some track to add some pieces. So, um, I'm really interested to see if Theo and Jed are willing to part with some of these guys and, and be willing to let some other guys play the outfield more to, and give Joe Madden that option. But I think that's, uh, it's a great question. I mean, who, who are they going to move at the deadline? Um, if anybody at all. So yeah, it's, uh, it's, it, that's what I'm most interested in seeing when the deadline comes in a couple of weeks. Dean Davis showing the line right now. Kevin Powell reporting from Wrigley Field. You can check him out, his sports anchor from the Rocon Show. And make sure you follow him at KPowell720. Kevin, more before D jumps in, listen, four errors in the last five games. Well, you know you do both sides of the town, but right here with the Cubs, what's going on this entire season when it comes to errors and situational hitting? It, it, it clearly is a player's problem. We can't put this on, uh, on Joe or anything like that. Yeah, you know, back in 2016, they had the best defense in all of baseball by far. They were outstanding. In 17, they were pretty good. Last year, they were not nearly as good, not nearly as good as the years before. But um, you know, in terms of this year, it's uh, I don't really know what to point to. I mean, Jason Hayward talked about the defense and how much they're changing positions and things like that. Where it kind of it does put a little bit more pressure on the players where you're not playing every day in the same spot. I mean, remember back in 2016. You know, Hayward played in right every day, and Dexter Fowler was in center, and obviously two of the most, you know, more important positions. Um, and I think you find that comfort level. So, even, you know, even Jason Hayward admitting that it does become a little bit difficult when, when Joe does decide to kind of move these guys around. I know they love the utility aspect of each player. I mean, you know, you mentioned Chris Bryant. Uh, Hayward can play right and center. Um, you know, he seems to kind of tinker with the lineup in a bunch of different ways. Um, outside of that, I don't really know what to point to. I mean, it, it's basically the same core players they've had for the last three, four years or so. Um, but defensively and, and on the base paths, really, too, they just continue to give give runs away. And, and, you know, Monday night was a perfect example. They were playing pretty good game through six innings, and then there was a couple errors. The bullpen kind of fell apart. Uh, we had a double play on the base pass. So it's um, just kind of sloppy play. I don't know if it's a focus type thing with the Cubs, um, but it, it just doesn't look like, you know, the, the Cubs that we had become accustomed to seeing for so long, for so many years here. But yeah, I mean, it's 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 kind of head scratching because you kind of have you, the core players here anyway. Kevin, let me ask you this: What's the plan? Like, for instance, at the trade deadline, what 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 acquisitions do you see the Cubs doing if Zobris does come back, and and how would that change if they're acquiring players if he doesn't come back? How would they go about, and who, what would they go about if he doesn't return? Yeah, I mean, I think you know, for me, when it comes to the deadline, it's um, it's I look, I think Ben Zobris has been missed since he's been gone. I really do. That's just sort of a veteran bat that's been so consistent with this team over the past few years and he's such a leader and they really didn't have that. I know they took a flyer on Carlos Gonzalez. That didn't really work out. So um, in terms of what they could add at the deadline, um, you know, uh, anybody in contention is going to be looking to add a bullpen arm, but yeah, you know, I, a veteran type guy in the outfield, just a veteran solid bat that's going to give you good grinding type at bats. I think that could be in play as well. But, you know, again, I think the biggest question for me is who does Theo and them move to get somebody at the deadline or is it just a minor move? And Theo says, Hey, look, we've got our guys here. You know, they said going into the season that everything they needed, um, they believed was already on the roster. And it's kind of hard to look at this roster and not kind of agree with that. It still is one of the most talented rosters in all of baseball, especially in the national league, but you got to continue to add talent. So I'm just curious to see if they do go that veteran route, what kind of arm can they add to the bullpen? Because if you look at the national league and the standings, 
there are only like two teams that as of now are, are pretty much out of the playoff picture. Even the giants have climbed into within what, four games of the wild card. And, and, and they were looking like they were done a month ago. So it's a jam packed uh, standing to the national league and everybody's going to be really aggressive and trying to find some, some pieces to add. Dean Davis on the line, Kevin Powell. He covers both sides of town for WGN and also make sure you check out his podcast, Powell at the park. My last one with the Cubs before D jumps in. Look, I don't know because I usually believe in trust Theo and Jed and I'm not saying I don't right now. But with the marquee money coming in next year, should they perhaps stay pat and add to this core rather than perhaps subtracting and then adding after this season? Uh, that's a really good question. Um, you know, I think that they have enough here and it kind of does almost send a message to the guys, you know, if you don't, like if you kind of if they kind of look at this roster and say, look, you you guys are talented enough to win, and then try to add in the offseason in terms of free agent. I, I mean, that's it's hard to really argue against that. I mean, I realize fans probably want them to be aggressive, but you know, it's a really good question. It's it's do they get desperate and do they move and subtract from the roster this year and kind of get desperate, or do they say, well, most of the core is still going to be back next year. Why don't we just let these guys grind it out, see what they can get done? and then add some pieces via free agency or wherever they want to do it in the off season. Um, I, I just, from what we've seen from Theo, that he's been aggressive and I anticipate Theo and Jed continuing to be aggressive at the deadline. But I mean, you can make a case for that as well. You can make a case and say, you know what, if you're Theo and Jed, just say, Hey, we've done everything we can. We went and got Kimbrel. Um, it's up to you guys to perform. I could see that playing out. Should White Sox fans be be concerned uh, because his past couple of starts haven't looked that great, or is this just a natural kind of a rut a starting pitcher will go through? Yeah, you you know what? I'm not overly concerned because his strength this year has been his mental toughness, and he's talked about it so much about you know what he did in the off season to kind of correct some of his faults from last year and, and all the mental sort of training he did to get to go from look, you went from the worst ERA in baseball to an All Star. And obviously that's going to take a lot of work. And he talks about mental, mental strength. Now his velocity was down a little bit in his last start. That's always going to be a little concerning. He didn't seem that worried about it. He thought that he could find that velocity when he needs to. Um, he didn't have his best stuff. He still put together a quality start. But yeah, I mean, it hasn't been a great stretch for him. Um, this is kind of going to happen just about to every, every pitcher, save for you know a few Cy Young type guys here and there. Um, I wouldn't be overly concerned because, as I said, just kind of that mental toughness and mental edge that Giolito's built over the past couple of years. I think you, you kind of got to trust him and have belief in him that he'll figure it out mentally because obviously he has it all physically. Um, so I, right now I'm not all that concerned about it. Obviously it's not uh, the Giolito we saw for a month or so where he was next to unhittable. Uh, but I think he'll he'll figure out a way to make the proper corrections because we've seen him do it already. So. Uh, not overly concerned about Giolito, but uh, yeah, Sox over the past few games here, just looking looking kind of deflated, which is interesting, you know, considering they entered the break on a high note. Um, so I'm interested to see how the team overall kind of bounces back from this rough second half. I know it's only been uh, four or five games, but, um, you know, for the team, maybe a little bit more concerned, but for Giolito, not all that worried. Could that spark be just getting Tim Anderson back into the lineup? Uh, Tim Anderson was the question? Yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah, you know, I, I, I look, Tim Anderson uh, doesn't seem to be too far off. I know he's been taking some hitting, but they said he's still not planting on the foot the way they'd like to see it. Um, 
I don't think he's too far off considering he is taking batting practice and throwing the ball around and things like that. I actually thought he'd be out a little bit longer, but um, I would say within the next couple of weeks, he's probably really going to amp it up and we can see him back in the lineup. But man, do they need him at shortstop? I mean, we've seen some errors at that position since he's been out. And they, they really don't have a ton of depth there. I know uh, Larry Garcia stepped in and Jose Rodon, but they've made some mistakes there without Tim Anderson. And, uh, you know, if they can get him back and healthy, that's a, that's a huge boost to this team as well. Dean Davis showing the line with us right now, Kevin Powell of WGN. Make sure you follow Kevin on Twitter at kpowell 720 There you go. Um, what do you expect the White Sox to do around the trade deadline? The White Sox, I think they're going to probably stand pat because, look, I mean, the guys that have value for the White Sox, you look at an Alex Colum, he's probably a guy that has the most value because, you know, as we were just talking about the Cubs, teams get desperate. Teams that are fighting for playoff contention want to add an arm at the back end of the bullpen. Now, the question the Sox have to ask themselves is, okay, if they trade Alex Colomay, he's a guy they have under control for next year. And if next year goes as planned, if next year the White Sox are in contention in the playoffs, then this year, next this year, uh, this time next year, we're talking about the White Sox looking for an Alex Colomay if they trade him away this season. So, you know, I don't know. I, I think for the most part, the White Sox stand pat unless another team comes to Rick Hahn and is desperate and is willing to part with a top prospect or something like that. And I'm sure Rick Hahn's going to take all the phone calls. But, I mean, look, Jose Abreu, I don't see him going anywhere. Jose Abreu is more value to the Sox than, than any other team around baseball because what he means in the clubhouse. Uh, I don't think you're going to get enough value from Abreu, um, and, you know, considering how much he means to the White Sox organization and the clubhouse and the development of some of the younger guys. So, uh, for the most part, I think the Sox stand pat. I really do. I mean, if they do move anybody, it's Colome, but I think it's going to take a lot for Rick Hahn to deal away anybody. Are Are you expecting any more call-ups for the White Sox? Yeah, you know, I mean, uh, Luis Robert is the guy we're all obviously all talking about and thinking about and watching. He's absolutely tearing it up down at AAA, so uh, that's definitely been one of their weaknesses here. I know they have, I think they have like three guys in the top 11 in batting average, but they're just not hitting for a ton of power. Um so I don't I don't know if they if they continue to look at the farm system this year they kind of just hang on to what they have here and ride it out the rest of the season but man Luis Robert guys he's fun to watch. Look, let me get you out there and get you out on this one real quick before the authorities show up again. Zach Collins, right. I mean Collins got optioned from the Sox, and when you look at the gluttony of first baseman and DH prospects, you're talking about Andrew Vaughn and you talk about Jake Berger, and I know Berger was supposed to be a third baseman, but with Mankata and his Achilles, that's not happening. What do you think is going to happen? And also Jose Abreu, and I'm happy you said that because when people say trade him, I'm always like, nah, he's more important for them, and you're not going to get a slugger, it's not going to bring back a lot. But what do you expect with Collins at, with all the guys that are at first base, and it doesn't look like he's going to be a catcher. So does it look like this guy's is going to be toiling? in the minor leagues and they, he's not going to be the player offensively that the Sox kind of thought they were getting a few years ago. Yeah, it's a good question with Collins. It was kind of interesting to see them bring him up and then really not play him all that much, guys. So, um, you know, the knock on him has been defensively. Can he be an everyday type catcher? A lot of scouts you talk to, guys that watch him closely, don't think he is. Um, and if his bat's not going to be good enough to be an everyday DH, I don't really know where he fits in. Now, I mean, I guess if, if you're looking at the bright side of it, they do have a lot of options there. You have a Bray, you have Andrew Vaughn, as you mentioned. Um, it's not all that difficult to find a lot of power at first base and DH. And it's, and it's actually kind of funny because if you look at the Sox DH numbers this year, it's, they're really, really not good. But for the most part, you can find some power around baseball, especially now with the way the ball is flying out of the park. So I don't know. I don't know if Zach Collins maybe is the odd man out here. 
um, if you could trade him for something or just let him continue to develop and get reps every day. Because, you know, I thought bringing him up and not playing him every day was, it didn't make a whole lot of sense to me. You might just maybe give him a taste of the bigs, kind of show him what it's all about, and then send him back down to develop a little bit. But they bring in Reed, and he steals at-bats too. So, um, yeah, I'm really interested to see how Collins develops. I mean, that's a first-round pick. Obviously, they, they thought highly of him. So uh, we'll see. Zach Collins obviously still needs some time down to the minors, though. All right. Hey, Kevin, thanks so much for hopping on with us, man. We really appreciate it, okay? All right, guys. Thanks so much for having me. I really appreciate it. All right. And that was Kevin Powell of WGN. Make sure you follow Kevin on Twitter at kpowell720. All right. You know what? Let's go ahead and wrap up the show. Come on back. Dean Davis Show. What's up, Chicago? This is Chris Sosa from Red Eye, and you're listening to the Dean Davis Show. Dean Davis Show. All right. It is time to wrap this up, but uh, we got a few little quick hitters for you. Ken, what you got? All right. A uh, friend of the show, Phil Thompson, had a nice article on Devin Hester's six-year-old son, Drayton, and his feet similar to his dad's. In a video attached to the article, he had Dre breaking all types of shorty's ankles. <laughs> it was sad. Wait, what's, what's his name? What's his kid's name? Drayton. Drayton? Oh, dude. Shorty. Shorty, he got it. Like, yeah. Shorty was one cut killing kids. The, gene, the genes went down to his father. He didn't look six. I mean, he was short enough to be six, but he didn't look. Yeah, dude. He, I mean, and also, I mean, he's too young to even seen Devin really in his prime. I guess maybe a little bit in the Atlanta days. He said he's six, though. He's no, six. probably not. But I mean, about he was still, no, Devin asked about four years ago. He was two. You, don't you remember? Oh yeah, he remembers that oh, boy. Okay. Drayden, Daddy <laughs> was fat. Drayden remembers that. He saw the feet. I'm gonna do what he doing right there. Google Gaga. <laughs> All right. Uh, sticking with football, uh, Robbie Gold signs a long-term deal with the 49ers. He Smart. straight used the best for leverage due to the kicker, <laughs> kicker's blunders here in the last season. I'm going to go back home. You know they need me, right? They need me. Y'all, listen, I ain't signing nothing. I was reading an article, and he was like, hey, man, they became open-minded. And he was talking about how basically if he didn't get two years, he was like, man, they got to give me two. He got two on the option. But uh, Robbie Gold flossed on uh, Mike, I mean, on uh, John Lynch out there, and he got the cash that he wanted, man, so good, he's going to be out there. He him. said his family's going to move out there, not this season, next season. Damn, so he even moving the family, huh? Yeah. Wow. He probably going to lie and be like, psych! <laughs> Sounded good at that press conference. <laughs> Deuces. I'm just trying to make enough to feed my family. <laughs> he, signed, he signed a two-year deal, right? It's two and an option. Two and an option? Yeah. I mean, listen, he, could be like nine mil. He, so is, he ain't getting that. Isn't he the best kicker? Not the best. One, most accurate. Most accurate kicker in the league right now. So, yes. yeah, I mean, I mean, I don't know what San Francisco is going to do, but as I said before, it's the NFL. You never know. Bob Myers said that he didn't acquire D'Angelo Russell just to flip him with mention uh, mm. as a trade chip. I'm just tired of seeing him act like he's about to crowd a damn time. Did you see this? He's an no. emotional man. I, no, I didn't he see made it, the but face I, like, he was like, <sighs> I read about it. Though. I was like, man, if you listen, one, one tear, I swear for God, <laughs> you can have like, <sighs> he's just, he, you know, he just, he, he gets attached to his guys. See, that's what like, happened when you were in San Francisco. <laughs> You'd be touched. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, where are you going? Where are you going? And I'm not that type of person. That's not even what I meant. Let me say that, but I'm still just saying, listen, I will say this though. I think he's soft. No, no. Not, not at all. Not at all. Uh, I am very interested. And I'm very curious to see how Golden State um, uses D'Angelo Russell. I want to see. I really, I really want to see how this score. works. No, no, no. I want to see how this they works, running. though. They I want to see how this running works. Running and gunning. I want to see how this works. Uh, if it's something that they not, they don't plan on just moving on with, and they plan to build around because he's what 23, 24 years old. You got to build value too, so you yeah. don't want to think make teams just think he's out there. I mean, me personally, I wanted the Bulls to try to pitch. Him yeah, me too. Cash. Me too. All right, WBA bans Williams ten games for domestic violence. Why do you say ban? Mm. 
And why and now domestic they only put the dom dot instead of the whole domestic. It's just too much. First I was like dorm violence. What's going on? They got these girls in dorm rooms. The WNBA. I got this from ESPN. The WNBA suspended Los Angeles Spark guard Waquina Williams for ten games without pay as a result of domestic violence incident involving her and her ex girlfriend in December. Oh, yeah, in December. In April, Williams was arrested on felony charges of burglary with assault and on or battery and aggravated assault with a deadly weapon without intent to kill, stemming from the December incident. Police records show she struck her ex-girlfriend, Alkiria Davis, and not my cousin Alkiria. No, Alkiria! In the head and pulled her hair after Davis opened the front door to her house on December 6th. Mm. After a man at the house broke up the altercation, this is where it gets spicy, Williams reportedly went to her car and pulled out a gun, pointed in the man's direction and said, you'll get all 18 before leaving the Whoa. scene. Shout out to the gangster Williams. Whoa. Gangster Green. <laughs> Just, you get all 18. Cause Whoa. It's, it's extended. <laughs> Extendo clip. Um, oh, Shorty, I bet he was like, no thanks. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> Go ahead now. If you want to beat a beat up. <laughs> <laughs> we was, it was cool until you got that pistol out. Why Check out D and Davis the Flip every Saturday. <laughs> why, why are you messing with that girl? Leave that girl alone. Exactly. Come on now. Let's go. Right. Yeah. Um, now I can see based on that, I see why they use the word band. My goodness. That's that's some uh, Greg. What was a dude down in, uh, in Dallas that was throwing the girls on the gun? Greg Hardy. Greg Hardy? Well, my. he was in Panthers. He was a Panther then. My goodness. But give back Dallas some of that heat for signing them afterwards. Oh, yeah, yeah. And in the oh, film, wow. didn't do nothing about it, basically. Well, listen, I think, I think any league, when you, when it comes down to anything domestic violence like this, they should definitely step up and do what they need to do. Ten games is probably pretty significant because they only play like what thirty games in it? maybe forty games in the WNBA is not that many. Uh, so ten so games. Shorty got a run or test ban. It wasn't that bad. No, he get no, he got for we got a full season though. It was it wasn't a, it wasn't a full season. Didn't they get a full season? No, it was the remainder of that season. And then oh, he came okay. back during the. I don't think he came back at the same, but he was the remainder of that season. I thought he had a full. Because then they season. ended up trade. He made it played a little bit. and They traded him to Sacramento. Sacramento, yeah. Have you guys checked out the Face Agent app that's been going around crazy? Yeah, I've been seeing. There's no Snapchat. Yeah, I don't. I don't have Snapchat. I don't. I don't. Can I go old man? I never want to do that type of stuff. Yeah, I go old man right here. What? What? Why do you need Snapchat? I don't. I don't get it. You know what? Instagram. Instagram has the stories. Facebook has stories. What's the point of Snapchat? You know why I have it? Yeah, why do you have it? And I was funny. I asked uh, Tony the other day. I was like, "Yeah, what's up with this TikTok? I always see over the last six months." Yeah, I've seen that a lot. Yeah, I only want to make sure that I have my name on those platforms. Oh, you see? Oh, so you at Nats Davis? Yeah, but she don't say that's on these motherfuckers. Well, anybody know what it is? I know, but I said now they get the idea. Like, oh, I'm about to go here. Listen, if I, <laughs> if I find of Demand's one on something else, I'll, I'm just curious to see like who is. Remember this? that uh, kid from Sweden or Germany that stole your? Uh... Oh yeah, somebody did try to take my. Um, anyways, they didn't try to steal my identity, but it was the so my social media name. Mm-hmm. It was something. He probably. I remember the real that because everyone's trying to be you. Mm, you damn right they are. The one and only Dirty Doctor D. <sighs> he didn't want the Dirty D part. <laughs> <laughs> if you're going to get the D, you're going to get all the D. No, please, sir. Not the dirty D. I come from this country to find. Oh, no, 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 no. Dirty Dr. D. Right. Listen here, I'm D. Last basketball one. Last one, this is basketball one. See. Kevin Durant told the Nets that he chose to go to Brooklyn in free agency because he loves the way the team plays. General Manager Sean Mark said. 
Marks told WeFan, WAFN, on Tuesday that when he first talked to Kevin after the announcement, the former MVP said, I love your system. I love how you guys play. I see how hard you guys play. You were never out of games. We can never take you out, take you lightly. Marks didn't have any conversations with Durant before he made his choice, but he voiced no concern. Marks found out about Durant's decision the same way most NBA fans did on a player's Instagram account a few minutes after free agency began. Even now, this is BS because we all knew that the day before, basically, he was going there, so he knew that. But still, I love him being open. Like, man, I ain't got nothing to do with this. Well, I can't say that because his t- his team was attractive, so he did yeah, the best yeah. part. But he still had nothing to do with this. This is all Kyrie being like, man, would you please come, please? But also. So too, that just kind of show that KD, I guess, is more. I guess it's kind of like solidified in a lot of people's minds that he's more so a follower. He went there because of Kyrie. Not saying he's the, one of the best player, if not the greatest player in the world right now. Well, now you have the Achilles, but he's up there. But he's really a follower. He didn't talk to the organization. He talked to Kyrie. And you, if you didn't wanna, tell Russell Westbrook to give him the ball, yeah, I mean, it's kind of like. You want to follow a flat earth around? Mm, 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 <laughs> this mm, brother mm, don't even think the earth curves. Mm, mm, mm. I hear all those hot takes and I have to salute them. What are you What are you doing? Now I, listen, I think the team is going to be fabulous when they get together and him watching them on film or TV. Yeah, you can when you when you see some when you see something and you know your skill set and you know how you can interject your skill set into something. You can make that choice. That's not a hard choice to do. I mean, a hard choice to make. And it didn't have to give up anything. I mean, D'Angelo Russell's in Golden State. So, yeah, you can definitely do that. But you know what the funny part about that? Yeah, but... KD about- made Golden State trade at number one because he said he wouldn't be traded for D'Angelo Russell straight up. Oh, wow. He's like, y'all gonna give up a number one. It will not say KD for D. Russell. Hell to the no. <laughs> That is not spicy enough for me. You know who I am, right? Yeah, but you don't... You, do, you know who y'all I am. Y'all know who I am? I'm Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant. That was still one of the illest things. I, I wish he didn't get hurt, but when he said that, he's oh, like, "Oh, that was great." Because it was fast. It's like he right. Yeah, he yeah, right. He right. <laughs> he right. He turn around. You're like, you know, he right, right. Yeah, right. yeah, you yeah, right. You right. right. Yeah, he is right. Kevin yeah, Durant. Yeah. Kevin, I'm not with the all that slant of you. I am slightly, but one of us. No, has, one of us has to get you on the show. <laughs> 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 no, it's if for, for anybody, man. It's just Kyrie. The what all happened in Boston and the simple fact, hey, he, brother, he preach. Doesn't, and he doesn't think the Earth curves. Talk it, that. It bothers me. It bothers me. I will, unless Kyrie come out and be like, man, Boston ain't never changed. They still out there burning down and pooping in people's houses like Bill Russell. <laughs> I'm a, I need a clear understanding of what to place there. One day a guy tried to stab me with the American unless flag. I, yeah, unless I get that way, I'm like, brother, I understand. And then I Boston still to this day. And then they got mad when I got on the bus. They said no busing. <laughs> if I don't get that, I'm be like, man, I'm with this man D all the way. Like, I just don't. I can't trust him. I can't trust him. I don't him. get it. We can't we, trust it. What's girl? worse? Carl Everett not believing in dinosaurs or Kyrie doesn't think the earth is round. What's worse? Probably earth round. But you can see skeletons of I dinosaurs. I think he's admitted that he believes it now though. That so the he earth mess- is curved. He was just messing he around. Said- People are telling you that they just made up. They can be like, man, they made them dinosaur uh, bones up. <laughs> you see the bones. You see the bones. I ain't never seen I no. love Carl I never Everett. seen no live he picture. Helped- Say what now? I ain't never seen no live picture. <laughs> <laughs> Sue is right down the street. How? Well, to be fair, you haven't seen the curve of the Earth. I'd have when I see the. Um, well, they go down to space. Yeah, when they out oh, of space. they can make that. Well, they can make a damn my dinosaur. That's what I'm saying. All right, enough of this foolishness. All right, hey, make sure you follow us on Twitter and Instagram at D and Davis Show. Once again, it's at D and Davis Show. Facebook.com forward slash D and Davis Show. 
iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Music, Stitcher, the TuneIn app. Also do War on Media. That kick you over to Spotify. You can download the Dean Davis Show and Dean Davis The Flip. I'm on Twitter at Demons one Ken's on Twitter at That's Davis, and Ryan's on Twitter at Ryan B. Ski. We definitely want to thank Dylan Elder. Elder D. Elder. I'm saying it right now. Dylan Elder. <laughs> struggle. Struggling. <laughs> I don't know why I'm struggling with Elder. CEO of Monster Rasta. Make sure you check out the platform. You can download the app on your phone, or you can go to the website, monsterroster.com. Uh, and also, you can check him out every weekday on afternoons on the Rokon Show and check out his podcast, Powell at the Park for WGN Radio. Kevin Powell for joining us from Wrigley Field. Definitely yes, yes. appreciate it. Uh, listen, we're going to be back on the score this Sunday night going into Monday, so make sure you tune in. We'll be covering for Les Grob, seeing the Grobber, so make sure you check us out. Uh, we will be giving you a flip this weekend. So you're going to get a double taste. We're actually going to give you the flip on Monday. So that's a lot of Dean Davis. You may have to slow down with your Dean Davis. Take maybe. No. No? Okay. Ryan says you got to take all of this. <laughs> all of this. Uh, so we definitely appreciate you rocking with us. So be there for us. And we're going to try to be there for you. Uh, don't do anything stupid before you hear from us again. Keep your hands to yourself. <laughs>